Some days are terrible. You wish that you were dead, and some days are magical, like grape banana bread. Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads. The voices in our heads. Hello, everyone, and congratulations on not killing yourself. Oh my God, you guys! You guys! I'm so happy for you and me. Welcome to the Voices in Our Heads. I am the current voice in your head, Christina Marie Hutchinson. And um, as you can tell already, I'm in a little bit of a better fucking mood. <laughs> I was so angry last week. And angry up until like not that long ago. Uh, let's get this out of the way. Portland, Oregon, we had to reschedule our shows. But we'll be hanging out with you at Helium during the summer. So as soon as we get dates, we'll tell you. We miss you and we're excited to see you. Uh, New York City tonight, if you're in New York City when the day this episode comes out, we're not banging. There's a 7 o'clock show and a 9 p.m. show at The Stand Comedy Club. Me and Justin Silver, we have a killer fucking lineup. Holy hell. Holy hell. And then Philadelphia, I'm going to be headlining inside of you this Thursday through Saturday at Helium Comedy Club. I'm so excited. Fonda Carla's coming with me. She's one of my dear friends and a very funny comedian. I'm so excited to be back in Philly. Oh, I got a lot of new material, and I'm going to be so much less angry by the time I get on stage. Y'all, I usually when a comedian, something happens in a comedian's life that's like emotionally taxing or whatever, like something sad or like a breakup, and a comedian goes on stage. You know, a comedian has been doing this for a while, like I have, uh, goes on stage and you like vent, and everyone's like, whoa, this is amazing. Like, I feel like I'm watching a genius at work. Yeah, my anger's not the funny kind. I'm just going up on stage and being pissed, and everyone's like, what's up her ass? So it's not the good kind. But by the time I get to Philly, it's going to be great. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Who fucking knows? I ain't making any promises. Kansas City, Missouri, Craig and I are going to be at the Improv May 14th and 15th. And if you've signed up for my Patreon, Patreon, first of all, me you so much. Second of all, the second bonus episode came out uh, with the at the spiritual goth Anastasia Anastasio. She is my. Uh, I went through this spiritual uh, training program with her, where I was trying to figure out how to hone in my psychic abilities, and I fucking did it. And she was the one who uh, administered administered as if it was a needle that I was getting, but a, a past life regression. Uh, I've, the ones I've done, I've done with her. They've been very eye opening. So when I talk in the past about spiritual shit and being psychic as hell with Anastasia. So I interviewed her for about an hour and a half episode. It's up on the Patreon and I really love it. At the end of the episode she uh, gives me a tarot card reading and it's I mean you just wait and see. And then she said there was ghosts in my apartment and I was like god damn it really? But Kevin all of a sudden started barking at nothing which only happened uh, when he was a puppy. It happened about the first week that I had him. He would do that. And he was doing it while I was talking to Anastasia. And I was like, well, that's weird. And he's, she's like, yeah, I think there's spirits in here. And I was like, really? Well, then I don't. Well, then they must. I must. I mean, I don't feel it at all. And y'all, I am scared all the time that there's a ghost all the time. When I'm alone, I'm like, there's a fucking ghost. When I'm alone in a hotel or an Airbnb, oh, my God, there's always going to be a ghost. I, I can't handle it. But for some reason in my apartment when I'm alone, I feel safe. So that's at least good. At least I feel fucking safe somewhere. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that episode's out on Patreon. And uh, the Misfits meeting is happening. I'm recording this uh, midnight on a Monday. So it's happening tomorrow. 
By the time you listen to this, it will already have happened. But if you've emailed me that you want to take part in it, but you can't afford it, fucking you're, I'm going to email you the link. Well, I've already have. So, because the time has passed. It's Wednesday now. Not while I'm recording this. Whatever. Now I'm talking to myself. So hopefully that goes well. Boy, it is a full fucking moon. Okay? It's a full fucking moon. You know how I know? Because a lot of weird shit's been happening. <laughs> I am way less angry, thank God. But I'm still I'm still angry. I'm still kind of snappy. I'll go through these waves of feeling honestly blissful in a way that I did not feel when I was smoking cigarettes. I think nicotine kind of stole my joy. And I'm taking my joy back. It's my joy, bitch. Give me it back, bitch. It ain't yours. It's mine. Give me my fucking joy back. Anyway, it's slowly coming back to me, my joy. And the anger's pangs are still a little bit there. So in order to balance that out a little bit, I'm smoking a little more weed than I normally would have. I do not enjoy smoking weed with others. It has to be a very specific, no more than two other people, usually. It's like my ideal situation. If I'm going to smoke weed around others, I want it to be two people, uh, two or less, and I want them to be very close friends of mine. That honestly is better than sex. Like that is, that's just a fun hang. But any other situation where I'm just in public, your girl don't enjoy being stoned, okay? But because I was getting the angry pangs in my tum-tums and in my heart and in my head, I was, I, 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 you know, I, I smoked weed in public and around my friends. I went to the Stan Comedy Club tonight um, and a bunch of my friends were there. It was a really good hang. I just came back from there. So this, uh, this thing that happened recently, it happened about two hours ago. This is fresh off of the experience. I was smoking weed with my friends at the stand and got high. And then when I was my one friend, I was talking to him. I hadn't talked to him in a while. It was a really great hang. There was comedians there that I just really love. And it was so nice to see everybody. But I was high. And the thing, one of the reasons why I don't like being stoned in public is because weird shit always happens. Okay. To the point where I'm like, is anybody else seeing this or am I just fucking hallucinating? And other people are like, no, we're seeing it. I'm like, that's weird, right? And they're like, yeah, it's weird. I'm like, well, I mean, the common denominator is me. So what the fuck am I doing to attract this shit? Tonight was no exception, guys. I smoked weed with my friend and there was a man who came out of the Stan Comedy Club in a suit and he kept staring at me. And I was like, well, now, Christina, your instincts are a little fucked up from your childhood, Okay. But that's all right. You know, your package was mailed with no bubble wrap. Okay, so it's a little cracked. So it's not, the radar's a little off. But we're getting better. But my instincts, sometimes I can't tell if I'm overreacting or not. Okay? And then you add being stoned on top of that. I mean, just fuck everything to hell. I just... So my friend noticed that this guy was staring at me and he was weirded out. And I was like, that's weird, right? And my friend was like, yeah, let's go over here. I'm like, okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. It's not, I'm not nuts. That was was actually weird. And then the guy walked over to me and I was like, cool, this is fun. And I was like, thank God I'm with near men. I was surrounded by men. I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, men, we do complain about you, but that's because 
a women's most likely cause of death is being murdered by a man, like, you know, other than natural causes and a heart attack. But it's like most of the time it's like men kill women. So, you know, we can complain from time to time. But boy, am I glad when a creepy man comes up to me or makes me feel uncomfortable when I'm when that happens, when I'm surrounded by men that I know that are like amazing men. Whew, I feel so safe. What is that, Kevin? Oh, okay, I was just making sure I thought Kevin was eating the thumbtack. So this guy looked at me weird. We moved over and then he came up to me and started talking to me like he knew me. And this happens. Sometimes I don't realize that I know people. That happens actually a lot. So especially when I'm stoned. So I was like, shit, do I know him or is he just pulling my leg? You know? And then he says to me, yeah, this is the best way to talk to people that you don't actually know is just to pretend that you know them. It's Because he said to me, he's like, hi, Christina. Hi, Christina. And I was like, hi, you. I don't know. He's like, how are you doing, Christina? And I'm like, uh, good. Who are you? And I said to him straight up because I've been working on myself and I don't give a fuck no more. And, um, you know, if I don't know you, I'm just going to tell you instead of pretending like I know you. <laughs> Thank God. I love getting older because, you know, you stick up for yourself. And I was like, yeah, dude, I don't know who you are. And then he's like, it's okay. I was just, you know, pretending to know you. And I'm like, well, fuck you. But also good for me. I feel like I passed a test. You know, I didn't pretend to know him. Anyway, so that happened. That was like a weird interaction. And I was like, God damn it. Every time I smoke weed in public, something weird happens. But then another weird thing happened. And again, this could have been because I was very, at this point, I was very, I was stoned. I like took like three hits off of this blunt. And I was like, woohoo, okay. That was a lot for me. So I'm inside and a guy comes up to me again and I'm like, wait a second, I've seen you before. And I was very stoned. And he came up to me with this very monotone voice. And he um and he 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 freaked me out. Like it freaked me out because he came right up to me and I was like, what? And he came up with a monotone voice and he said, I just wanted to apologize for any pain that I've caused you. And he started talking to me like he knew me, and I was like, uh, excuse me, is anybody else seeing this or am I fucking making this up? I'm not making this up, right? And I looked and I was like, I know you from somewhere. Where do I know you? Oh, <laughs> two years ago, you threatened to kill my comedy partner, Corinne, and the NYPD terrorism unit had to show up to the comedy club. That's where I know you. Hey, get this guy out of here. Is this weird? This is fucked up. And I, so I was so stoned. This guy comes up to me and starts talking to me. I'm like, I know you from somewhere. And then that's, I registered that that was where I knew him from. And I, the world stopped. You know, if you've ever seen Wolf of Wall Street, there's a scene where Leonardo DiCaprio takes these quaaludes and tries to walk to his Lamborghini, but he can't walk. So he's crawling like with his shoulders to his Lamborghini. It's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. It's so fucking funny. He's so hopped up on Quaaludes that he can't fucking move. But he thinks that he could drive this Lamborghini away. So that's how I felt. I felt like I felt like the world stopped and I was like, hey guys, um, excuse me. Danger. And I couldn't talk. And I was like, okay. And then my friend, my one of my guy friends realized he's like, you look scared. Are you okay? And I was like, can you come over here? And then we and I told him, I'm like, that's that guy that threatened to kill Corinne. And then he was like, oh, shit. And then I was like, God damn it. Every time I'm high, something weird happens. And my guy friend who was a manager talked to him. And I guess. I guess he he left. But, oh, God, what a what a night. I just left. But, man, I mean, this is why I don't smoke weed in public. Just weird shit happens. That's like actually like terrifying. 
And then I'm sitting there stoned off my ass going, this is actually scary, right? Or am I just making this up because I'm a victim and I victimize myself and I exaggerate everything? Or is is this actually happening? (laughs) Boy, is it a full moon. I looked up and it was a full moon. I'm like, of course. Of course. But I had a visceral reaction when that dude came up to me. I started shaking because when I put two and two together, I'm like, I know you from, oh, no, you legit should have been in jail. Okay, cool. Because you were threatening to kill. So, <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing to be saying on a podcast. I mean, whatever. I don't, I, I, I stand behind the fact that death is just something that we, our physical bodies die, but our spirits never die, right? So, look, if I'm going to be murdered, I'm going to be murdered. But, like, as a comic, when your life gets threatened like that, like, actual, like, because Corinne, she, she evokes strong reactions out of people sometimes. And a lot, of, sometimes, not a lot, but sometimes they really don't like her and they, they, they'll, they'll, like, threaten to kill her. This is not the first time that's happened to Corinne. She gets a lot of stalkers. Or, or, or angry people. And so, you know, we're, we're just trying, you know what, 2021, it's all about good vibes. It's all about good vibes. We're just doing good vibes, right? Oh, God, guys. It's just, it's very jarring uh, that when your spidey senses are a little fucked up because uh, cause no one packed your heart in bubble wrap with kind, tender love and care. You just kind of threw it around in the box and threw it in the back of the truck and then kicked it with your boot. So I'm pretty sure what happened was actually scary and I wasn't over-exaggerating. But hey, whatever. I'm here. I'm here. I will say, I did walk home, which I shouldn't have done. But I didn't feel unsafe. I really didn't feel unsafe. Uh, I don't know why. I, I did feel unsafe when that person was talking to me because I was like, ugh, and my whole body started shaking. And I'm like, I think this is the thing what they say, like, you know, you get like a body reaction. This is what's happening. Like, I'm pretty sure this feeling actually exists and I'm not just real high. So. <laughs> but I was walking home and uh, and there was, you know, usually when there's guys, I'm walking home alone at night and there's guys, I, I'll cross the sidewalk. I'll cross the street. I don't want, I don't want, I just don't, I, I don't have to get a bad feeling about you. It's just statistically, you could rape me. So I'm not going to, you know, and women are very casual about how, you know, we're very casually afraid of getting raped when we're walking home alone at night. I, I need you to know that. Like women are very like, you know, and it's it not to the point where it ruins our lives. But sometimes if it's actually happened to you, which statistically the odds are high, it can fuck you up a little bit, huh? Yeah. But we just are always casually like looking out for rapists and murderers but rapists and murder the same thing uh and you know usually it's their maybe they do both i don't know but we're just cash looking out like you know looking out being aware of our surroundings and when it's a guy i always cross the street uh and it has nothing to do with me getting a gut feeling i'm just like statistically this is a good move but when it's women you're like oh you're not gonna rape me thank god women loving and supporting other women but it's mostly just because i know you're not gonna rape me and i'm not afraid of you thank you when I'm walking home alone at night. Uh, guys, okay. <laughs> this is, uh, I may not be angry and have the rage of a thousand suns flowing through my blood and bones, but I will say this nicotine, this lack of nicotine in my life has uh, made me, I don't know, a little goofier than usual, which I enjoy. Hey, speaking of poop, let's do some fuckboy theater. <laughs> <laughs>
let's do some fuckboy theater, okay? Uh, which is, this is going to be a quick one. Uh, it's a bio. It's a bio, okay? So that means that this is the first thing that this guy wants you to know about him. This is a Tinder bio. This guy's name is Mitch. His name is Mitch, and he's a bitch. Uh, no, he's not. This is a funny bio. This made me laugh. Because sometimes guys will be really self-deprecating and I'm like, you're either going to sit on the knife or you're joking. I can't tell which one it is. But this is Mitch's bio. Again, it's his bio. Okay, it's his bio. I once sneezed into a big ass candle and covered my face in hot wax. So that pretty much sums up where I'm at in life. (laughs) I've done that a lot, actually. Well, it's when I blow it out too hard and the wax gets in my eye and I'm like, oh, you cunt, you dumb cunt. Anyway, I'm not done. This is still his bio. Disclaimer, not here for love. (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny to me. Disclaimer, not here for love. Do I have a good rig? No. A rig? I don't know what that means. Do I have a good rig? No. Do I have a good personality to make up for it? Arguably also no. But I do live solo in my own house with two cats and two chickens. So you could do worse. And scene. That's a wrap on Mitch's bio. That is what he wants you to know about him um, before you even start talking to him. I gotta say... Two cats, two chickens, and you live alone. I mean, statistically, that might be a recipe for murder. But also, you could be like a fun guy. Who knows? Oh, good old Mitch. It'll be okay, Mitch. Or it won't. I don't know, you know? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I. You know what I do know, though? You, If you don't... If you don't turn your text note if you don't turn the notifications on your phone off at l- i'm telling you guys i'm not trying to guilt trip you okay but jesus christ if someone would have told you when you were five years old hey little billy or little tina or little whatever the fuck your fucking name is your sweet adorable name is when you're a big kid everyone's gonna be walking around looking at a little square in the palm of their hand and they're not going to look up when they're at a family dinner or out at a restaurant or crossing the street. They're just all going to be glued to this little square. You're gonna, you'd be like, hey, mister, I don't know who you are, but that's wacky and that would never happen. Oh, but it will. We're so glued to our phones and a lot of really great stuff comes from our phones. A lot of communication, a lot of jobs, a lot of art is made with our phones. Like it's a beautiful tool of self-expression. We get podcasts on our phones. I fucking love podcasts. And I'm not just saying that because I'm recording a podcast right now. I really do love them. Some intellectual stimulation. And sometimes it's just a bunch of... (laughs) And that's nice too, okay? Because life's hard. Life's hard. But I'm telling you, if you don't already do this, just try it. Try it tonight. Turn every notification off on your phone. Unless, you know... Uh, you have a relative in the hospital or, you know, you know, you know when it's not a good idea for your personal situation right now. But if it is a good idea, turn off the text message notifications. I'm talking I'm not just talking the banners and the sounds. OK, I'm talking. Don't even see the fucking icon that tells you how many text messages you have. Turn your phone. You don't have to turn on airplane mode. You could turn it on a uh, fucking do not disturb or whatever the fuck. But I'm telling you a couple hours before you go to bed. 
if you turn your notifications off and you don't look at your phone other than like, you know, if you meditate, like I meditate at night and I use an app on my phone. I mean, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, just stay off your fucking phone. Don't be don't be accessible. You know what I mean? And don't have your sweet little soul vulnerable to getting sucked into an Instagram black hole where at the end of it, you want to fucking, you know, get a nose job. Okay? Don't do that. Just feel like you, your next day would be a little brighter. So just try it. Just try. I mean, just try it. You know what I mean? I wrote it. Okay, so I write things down, as you know, uh, throughout my week to like talk about on this. And I, I didn't, I did write a bunch of things down, but I didn't look at them before I started, before I went to press record. And this just says, yeah, I have great tits. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what I meant by that. Because <laughs> I, I did an IG live with my friend Donna Guerreros and my boobies were out because I was like, you know what? I'm a hot bitch and I'm going to show it because I feel like it now. I feel like being sexual. I feel like being seen. I feel like uh, I feel like I want to look hot. I One thing I love about being a woman is you could like, I, I don't I know it's not the same for every single woman, duh. but I like I personally have the ability to look real fucking hot i'm talking like i gotta really try i mean it takes a lot of work but if i put that work in you know and i do the planning i can look fucking stunning but most times i look because i live alone i look so gnarly i look like a troll under a bridge i don't give a fuck but it's just so funny because i have i'll catch myself in the mirror and i go (laughs) not your brightest hour looks wise christina but because i know that i'm more than just my looks and it's also nice to know that i can look hot if i tried right but boy do i look gnarly when i'm because when you have curly hair it, I always get compliments on my hair. And you know what? Thank you. I appreciate it because it's a lot of work. And I do love my curls. It's unique, right? I've learned to love them. They're very big. And usually I don't like being big. I want to be small. But lately I'm like, I accept myself. So like, this is my big fucking hair. Okay, deal with it. And I really like it and I enjoy it. But let me tell you something. I get complimented on my hair all goddamn day. When you have curly hair, it's you, you hear it a lot. And it's, it's lovely. I don't get tired of it at all. I mean, what woman would get tired of getting complimented? I mean, I guess when you're trying to talk about something else and all they can say is, you know, your tits are great and your hair's great. That still, that sounds nice. Anyway, uh, maybe that's just me. But curly hair people, you get complimented on. Let me tell you something. When I go to bed at night, I know you're supposed to like put it in a silk wrap so it looks nice when you wake up, but I don't do that, okay? When I go to bed and I wake up and I t- like the ponytail's in the hair and then I take it out, the hair stays in the shape of a bun on the top of my head and it's so funny. And it like if I go two days or three days with just the hair and the curls in the bun and I don't do anything with it. It looks so gnarly by day three. It lo- <laughs> I look homeless. I mean, truly matted. It looks mad. It looks worse than it actually is, but it looks real matted and weird. And it's just so funny to be like on extreme levels like that. It's interesting. Yeah, so I wrote, I have great tits. That's that. Okay, we covered that. <laughs> I'll show my titties. I, I hold my boobs a lot. I think I think most women do that, right? I just walk around my apartment and just hold them. Just because they're great. Honestly, guys love tits, and you're right. They're wonderful. 
I do too. I like having them. Like I feel like I treat my tits like a guy would if he just woke up the next morning and just for, well, you know, I know the circumstances would be a little different, but if you could give a guy a pair of tits for a day and he knew that, he would play with them the way I play with mine. Because <laughs> they're so fluffy and cloud-like and angelic and wonderful and the source of life for a baby, but not this girl. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm adopting. I'm going to. Uh Oh, this is the other thing I wanted to do before I get into the emails. I'm going to read some emails and then we're going to go. And we're going to have a blessed day cuz I got a real busy week, y'all. So much stuff to do. But because I'm not smoking cigarettes, I feel like my anxiety is a lot less. And so I'm observing myself freaking out over all the stuff, things I have to do. And then I'm going, "Eh, that'll fade." And then I just get the stuff done. And I'm like, "Well, this is if this ain't a better way to live, motherfucker." Yeah, farted. Uh, I am getting into transcendental meditation. That's my next little uh, dive into a thing. And so I had I have hired a, a part time assistant and to help me because I really am very busy to the point where it's, it's pretty stressful. <laughs> but uh, if I don't laugh, I'll cry. Okay, so I'm gonna laugh at it. <laughs> but one of the things that has been on lingering on my to do list is uh, I want to find a transcendental meditation coach because transcendental meditation is a very specific kind. It's very effortless. They really stress how little effort you put into this. And I'm like, you're speaking my language, doc. Little effort, sign me the fuck up, okay? Uh, and so I had my my part-time assistant, this girl, Jordan, she's fucking awesome. She's just so great. Great energy. Um, had her look up like, who's the person that I need to meet with? Because part of the thing with transcendental meditation is you are given a mantra by somebody who is trained to teach you this course and then give you a mantra. And apparently you're not supposed to say the mantra. You can't even say it out loud. It's just yours. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've ever kept a secret like that, y'all. Oh, God, I can't. I'm so anxious. <laughs> I can't keep a secret. I mean, look, if you tell me something really personal and you're like, please don't tell anybody. Of course I won't. I will keep that because that would hurt. I don't want to hurt you. But something like something like this, I'm like, I can't tell anybody. This could drive me nuts. But transcendental meditation, uh, so I wanted to find a coach. So I had my assistant uh, look for a coach for me. Like, who's the best person in New York? And she found this foundation. She's like, I got the guy. It's the David Lynch Foundation. David Lynch. He's the director, but I'm making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. What a good, this guy's got such a good look. He's kind of hot. How old is he? 75? You know what? Yum. Anyway. Yeah, he's a fucking fantastic director. Uh, he has a transcendental meditation. He's a foundation where uh, he has people teach you transcendental meditation and you kind of pay. You pay. Uh, it's a sliding scale. So whatever you can afford to pay, they have like a little graph. And like if your income is this and you pay this, you know, it's an honor system, which I fucking love. I just really like that because it's like, oh, you trust people. That's nice. That's a good way to put your foot fucking forward. Goddamn. So, uh she had this I had I had a, like an intake uh, appointment of sorts with this woman it was over zoom and we were talking we had a really great conversation she was asking me why why I got into this um 
And it was it was just a really good combo. She had, she asked me why she's like why transcendental meditation like what made you uh, curious about it and what made you like take the step to finally do it. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. You actually really care what I have to say. Oh my god, not that people don't care what I have to say, but like it was really nice to have a conversation with someone that was just genuinely curious about you with no motive. Do you know what I mean? Like they weren't trying to fuck you. They weren't trying to get on your podcast. <laughs> they weren't, you know what I mean? They're just like genuinely curious about you as a person. I'm like, well, that feels nice now, doesn't it? <laughs> it was, it felt really nice. It made me realize how rare I feel that. Um, uh, um, so we were getting into it. And one of the reasons um, I told her was uh, I'd experienced childhood trauma and like a lot of people and um <clears throat> I really found that stillness was a huge, huge asset to my life. I was able to have, you know, find my coping mechanisms again. Like I was able to access these tools in my tool belt that we're all built with and we all have, but they get buried and buried underneath piles of shit, okay? Don't you fucking know, y'all. I know it, you know it, we all know it. So you got to dig through those piles of shit and you got to go, uh-oh, you like the guy that was looking for the icebergs for the Titanic. He didn't do a good job, so that's probably a better metaphor, but that's the one I'm going to use for now. Like, iceberg, go ahead. You got to dig through those piles of shit with shovels and fucking excavators, okay? You got to find your tools that you were born with, but under you got to get all the poop out of the way. So I was basically telling her, you know, with the childhood trauma stuff, it's been really helpful. And she said she mentioned to me, oh, you know, if, if you were um, if you have experienced uh, domestic violence or sexual assault, sexual violence in a relationship, uh, we will uh, have you uh, will do free of charge. You get a full scholarship. No questions asked. We're not going to ask you to prove it. Just if you if you're interested, we could give you a free uh, full scholarship. And I was like, well, God damn it. That is just fucking wonderful. And I told her, I said, you know, thank you so much for uh for mentioning that that's a really great thing that your foundation does uh i said no i mean i, I i'm more than happy to pay um but i'm gonna can i plug that on my podcast that you said that and she's like yeah absolutely so um yeah uh the david lynch foundation if you go to their website you can uh i think there's a form where you can do uh you know complete like an intake form uh and schedule a time to talk to somebody who works at the foundation and if you are a person Man, woman, non-binary that has experienced uh, domestic violence or sexual assault. No questions asked. You could get a free um, free class, free uh, class. It's the one I'm taking is four days. And then at the end, uh, you get a mantra. So if you're interested in doing transcendental meditation, um, there is a video on the website that kind of gives you a great overview. And uh, also another thing to know, it's 20 minutes, two times a day is the time commitment. And I was like, well, that's doable because you can... You could just make time for it, you know? The old me would have been like, I can't fit one more thing into my schedule. But the new me's like, you can't with that attitude. <laughs> okay, let's read some emails, guys. Because it's late at night and I'm tired, but I'm so happy to be here. And I'm so happy you're here. Congrats on not killing yourself, y'all. It's hard out there. Okay, the subject of this email is, hey, against my will, I hang out with ghosts. Well, Okay. Hi, I don't know how to make this short, so I won't. <laughs> My name is, uh, oh, Jessica. I don't care if you say it. I swim freely in the pond of being seen. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. I am an intuitive healer, not by choice. My plan was to be an environmental scientist. Oh, that's cool. Which I have done for 10 years. Oh my God, so you're both? Damn. Well, when you're born with the gift, you're born with the gift. I have something that is called empathetic 
synthesia. I'm not going to say that right because I'm tired. And you know what? I forgive myself. I developed this through being a highly sensitive person in a volatile environment. Ooh, I can relate, maybe. I get visual, auditory, and sensory perspectives of other people's energies. This doesn't mean that what I interpret is right or to be taken as truth, but I haven't been wrong yet. Okay, so you're pretty spot on. Plot twist. In 2014, I smoked DMT. Oh, that truck's really intense, I heard. Um, And had the strong, in parentheses she wrote, years in the making, intention of understanding what the universe is. I met a being in this space who explained in the simplest way, this is while she was on DMT. If you don't know, when you do DMT, you basically... I'm paraphrasing here, but you pass out for 10 minutes and then you like meet your maker like you're getting taken into this hallway. Sounds like similar to what I experienced uh, when I did the past life regression, but it's brought on by this drug, DMT. It's a chemical that is released in your body when you die. So it does sound very scary and it should be taken very seriously and done with the utmost respect and expertise. Okay. So anyway, that's DMT. I'm, uh, I met a being in this space while she was high on DMT who explained in the simplest way, and he has been with me ever since. Oh, that's cool. His name is Oscar. Who knows what this energy really is, but this is how it presents itself to me. I have studied and apprenticed under a wonderful practitioner, and now I am an integrated healing coach. So Oscar and I work together in guided meditation sessions, helping people heal their limiting beliefs and realizing stuck energetic memories from the body. Oh, releasing stuck energetic memories from the body. Oh, God, girl, call me. I want to do that. I probably got some stuck ass energy. Clients feel him, hear him, and they develop their own dynamic with him outside of me. Oh, that's so fucking cool. There was a woman in Surviving Death that had that. And uh, I'm reading The Psychic Medium. And the author of that book has a a guide, a voice that he hears uh, that kind of helps him, you know, identify other people's medical problems. That's really fucking cool. God, that's so cool. Oscar. Hey, Oscar. It is truly mind-blowing. And the number of times I've thought, well, I'm absolutely broken, are countless. He works on an electric level, and the lights in my house go crazy during sessions and stop going crazy when the session is closed out. Oh, that's so cool. (gasps) That is so fucking cool. (laughs) I've learned to accept that this is where I am, a clairsentient being with a disembodied coworker, <laughs> consider how much it takes to somehow be okay with this in our society. Girl, yeah, that's, that's, you know what? You are hashtag blessed, but because of the way the world is and society and how unopened, you know, people can be, I imagine you've encountered some, uh, some, wait, what the fuck? You know, along with all of this madness, I seem to pick up the abilities of the people I work with. Well, that's cool. Helping many new mediums through accepting what they can do. I I come in contact with loved ones that are trying to reach them. Uh, Leave this part out, please. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say that part. Um, A client testimony that just came in while I'm typing this. I don't know if you could say that part either. Okay. Uh, Oh, okay. Okay. So she don't want me to say that part. So I'm going to stop saying that. But that's, you know, that's the still we got it to pretty magical parts. So that's pretty cool. She was born with with a person after she did DMT. Very interesting. That's the uh, uh, God. I don't think I've ever met somebody who's had like a person beside them. Uh, but it's really interesting to go back and 
hear about people who have any type of mediumship, any type of clairsentient, if they hear things, if they see things, like what? how does their psychic ability show itself? Do they hear things? Do they see things? Do they know things? Do they, you know, there's all these kinds of ways and it could be a combination of multiple ways, whatever. Um, but the one where there's just another soul that's kind of in my peripheral and I could hear him or I could feel him or whatever, that's wild. So you got a fucking buddy. But the thing is, according to the psychic, um, the uh, the the medium I'm or the fucking book I'm reading about uh, what did I call it? the psychic medium? Oh my god, I'm so tired, guys, and I'm so jazzed at the same time. It's very weird. Wait, I want to make sure I get the title of this book right. Oh wait, no, it's on this app. Hold on, just bear with me, y'all. You know what? I forgive my goddamn self. Okay, so please find it in your. Fucking hard to forgive me. Well, you know, the app's not working now, but it's a book about fucking this guy basically saying this is what's wrong with people's bodies and there's a lot of metals and toxins in our bodies and here's how you get rid of it. Uh, but I, I did find this book on, oh, okay, Medical Medium. Yep, that's what it was. Because I said it and I was like, is that right? <sighs> okay. So that was that email. That's pretty fucking cool. I'll read the rest of it, girl. Sorry. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I stopped myself. I could have edited it out, but you know. Okay, here's another email. Again, please, if you have any stories that are, if any of these emails conjure up a memory or a story or like, oh, yeah, that fucking weird thing happened and I never really thought about it. Email me, the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com. You, it is a, I welcome, I'm not going to judge you. I believe you already. I do. Because this shit is real, y'all. Okay, the subject of this email is dreams. Hi, Christina and Kevin. Kevin, they said hi. First off, thank you for being so open and sharing uh, about your life and mental health. Getting through this last year has, of course, been so challenging. And for me, the pod hosts and celebrities that have been open about their own struggles uh, has really helped me feel less alone. Celebrities, they're just like us. <laughs> you think I'm a celebrity? Oh my God, thank you so fucking much. Stop it. Anyway, I've been really enjoying your ghost slash dream slash death isn't real chats. And I had to write in about a recent experience I had after listening to a few of those episodes. Oh, I love hearing that. I love hearing that even talking about this and you hearing it in your home or at work or on your horse or doing your spreadsheets, like makes these like magical experiences happen because you're bringing them into your consciousness, your conscious awareness. Oh, it's so cool. When I was in the fifth grade, my best friend since preschool died in a car accident along with her mother. Our families were very close and she felt like a sister to me. She lived on a farm and I have had so many beautiful memories of sledding down the hill in her backyard, running around with loads of chickens and dogs and playing battleship and guess who with her and her brother. In early February of 1999, my mom and I were at a Hallmark store. Remember those? I do remember those. The Howard and Montgomery Mall in our tiny town. And I mentioned wanting to mail a Valentine's card to my friend. I have a vivid memory of my mom's face as she realized she now had to tell me why I would not be able to send that card. Earlier that week, her and her mother were going to an ice sculpting event together. The roads were icy and tragically, they both passed away in an accident. Her just 11 years old, her mother just 45. Coming to terms with this at such a young age was unbearable, confusing, and felt like it forced me to mature too quickly. Oh. I remember sitting in the bottom of the tub with the shower on 
and just bawling my tiny eyes out. To this day, this is still how I typically cope with an especially tough day or when I need to let a good cry out. It's now been 22 years, which is a very significant number to me, and she still comes to mind often. However, I honestly wasn't even thinking of her while listening to your last five to six episodes about death. But then the other night, I had a dream about being at her old farmhouse with her. And I can't remember all of the details, but I woke up in real life and thought to myself, thank you, but please stop dreaming of her now. I don't want to be scared. Needless to say, watching The Ring just three years after her death, oh, fuck that movie to hell, sufficiently scared me of female ghosts. Yo, girl, that movie is so scary. I do an act out. Oh, okay. Anyway, Uh, the dream wasn't scary at all, but I have a real fear of seeing her ghost in real life. But I fell back asleep and dreamt of her again. Again, I can't remember all the details now, but I woke up again in real life and thought to myself, please, please, I feel scared. Please stop dreaming of her. I fell asleep again and dreamt of her for a third time. Wow, girl, she's trying to say hi. Okay. She's trying to say hi. Just say hi. Then finally, the last time I woke up feeling a little scared, I thought of you. Is it possible she visited me three times that night because my mind has been opening up to the magic because of your podcast? Well, goddamn, girl, I say maybe. Fucking yeah, if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. So thank you for Christina for bringing up these topics. And if it brought uh, my friend to me for a visit, thank you for the opportunity to see her once more. Oh, that's cool. That's fucking cool. That's fucking cool. Okay, here's some more. We're gonna get some more. Uh, the subject line is magic story, dwell, and a thank you. I'm, I'm just FYI. I'm reading these as, as I'm reading them to you. I'm reading them for the first time. I skim them a little because I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to ruin it for myself. Like I want to hear it when you hear it. You know what I mean? Because like we're in this together. Because life is really hard. Christina. I'm emailing you to tell you thank you. Thank you and Corinne for giving so much of yourselves to help dumb bitches (laughs) like me become a little more confident and a little less dumb. Oh, girl, you're welcome. I've seen I've been a guys who fuck listener for years. And I feel like you two are my wiser, stronger stepsisters or big sisters instilling those qualities in me with a fair share of tough love. Well, that's good. I especially resonate with your story. I don't have a history of outright childhood neglect or abuse. But childhoods are so complex, you're telling me, girl, and even loving parents inflict wounds. That's the goddamn truth. Your journey uh, to self-love and acceptance is something I admire and strive for. You have made me so much, you have made so much progress and it inspires me every day to make my own. And I just watched well and it was the exact right thing I needed to see. The message at the end that it will be okay is exactly what I needed to hear tonight. Oh, well, that's good, y'all. Well, I'm going to take this goddamn time to one pat myself on the back for making a short film and starring in it and releasing it during quarantine. But also watch my short film dwell. It's really good. I'm proud of it. All right, back to the email. (laughs) I recently started listening to the voices in our heads. I picked a random episode to start. I don't know why. I didn't just start from the most recent or the oldest episode, but I just didn't. And it ended up being the start of Feel Your Feelings January. And now I'm all caught up and starting to listen from the beginning. It's taking me on exactly the journey I needed. That's nice. I'm currently working with a therapist 
on letting literal years of anxiety, grief, and low self-esteem out of the cage it's been locked in so I can start to heal. Feel Your Feelings January reminded me with kindness and humor to do just that. Feel my feelings. And just to going to remind you again, girl, feelings aren't facts. They are clues. But they're not facts. You can let the feelings wash in and wash out like a tide. But what I've really resonated with are the discussions surrounding life and death. My mom died suddenly when I was 19. Oh, that's tough. I'm sorry. We were very close and had a very loving relationship, despite my childhood being a bit more complicated than I would have liked. Then she died suddenly, and it felt like my world ended, like a pain you couldn't describe. I shoved it all aside and just tried to get on with my life. It's been seven years, and I'm starting to peel back the layers of that grief and sadness. But through the last seven years, I've always been connected to her. My mom's dad died when she was 24 of multiple sclerosis. When I was growing up, we would see hawks flying by us out the car window constantly, and my mom would always say that was her dad watching over her. That was Grandpa Robin. Now, and ever since my mom passed, I see hawks. They've flown a foot over my car windshield while I was going 80 miles an hour driving down the highway. Holy shit, that's wild. They've been perched on a tree branch, feet from the sidewalk when I, uh, was walk, uh, when I go out for a walk. On vacation, I'll see hawks. Out and about for work, there's a hawk. I see the white underbelly of the bird soaring in circles overhead, and I know that's her checking in, telling me it'll be okay. And lately, encouraging me on my journey to truly feel her presence and feel her loss all at the same time. Hearing the stories you're telling about other people's experiences similar to mine only validate what I've kind of always known. Yep, you did. That, yes, death is real, but only in a sense. Your loved ones never truly leave you. You just have to open your eyes and look a little harder to see them, which sucks. But hey, it's be- it's better than nothing. Thank you for putting your heart out there for all of us. Oh, that's real nice. You're inspiring. You're real fucking funny. Bailey, you could say my name. Well, goddamn girl, thanks. Ugh, that was nice. Okay. <laughs> all right. This is the last email I'm going to read. I fucking love these emails so much. They warm my goddamn heart. And, you know, in the coming months, coming weeks, I don't know, I'll fucking do it on my own timeline, guys. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to do, we're going to do some deep dives into books. If you guys have any book recommendations, though, too, please email me. Book recommendations, magical stories. Uh, if you want to be part of the Misfits, but you don't have the, the Do Re Me, just the Voices in Our Heads podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Okay. Last email. Ready? Okay. Guys, this is so much fun. The subject line is accidentally prayed to a little ghost girl. <laughs> nice. Hey, Christina, love the pod, especially love listening to it on full volume while cleaning my apartment, hoping my neighbors hear the occasional, can white people please shut the fuck up? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> shut the fuck up, white people. Shut the fuck up, white people. Just in case your neighbors are listening. That's for you. Anyway, I'm kind of terrible at telling stories, so I'll get to the nitty gritty. I'm 29 and just now realize that I may have shared a room with a ghost for part of my childhood. Girl, then you fucking did. During my preteen years, there was a separate. There were separate occasions where guests would spend the night and later on claim that they saw, had saw, spoken to, or heard a little girl in or near my bedroom. The weird part is that apparently the girl looked a lot like me. Oh, that's fucking weird. Oh, now I've got goosebumps. Shit. I shouldn't. I got the. 
I got the heebie-jeebies, y'all. It's 1.30 in the morning. The first occurrence happened when I was about 10 during uh, one of my older sister's slumber parties. I had woken up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and returned to see one of my sister's friends standing in the doorway of my bedroom facing the bed. Oh, okay. That's freaking me out. And talking to no one. I thought she was playing a prank on me, so I came up behind her and asked, who are you talking to? The friend quickly turned around, looked at me, and screamed at the top of her lungs. Oh, fuck this shit. Oh, now I'm scared. Kevin, can you... Kevin, you're here, right? You're here. Okay, good. Her face turned pale white and she crumpled to the ground and immediately started crying. Everyone quickly came out of my sister's room down the hall to see what was the matter. After calming down, she explained that she was also going to the bathroom and stopped by my room to talk to me. I'm getting freaked out. Or what she thought was me. She thought I was upset and swore she saw me sitting at the edge of my bed crying and rocking back and forth. Okay. I'm just gonna, y'all. I'm gonna turn the light on real quick, just cause you know, whatever. Oh wait, I got one in here. I'm just gonna turn the light on in my living room. Whatever. It's fine. It's all fine. Oh, Kevin, he shit on the floor. All right. Well, Kevin shit on the floor, but you know what? I'm almost done home stretch. But now the lights are on, so I'm a little less scared of that ghost girl. Okay. <laughs> I guess I do get scared of my apartment. Okay, uh, her face turned pale. Okay, yeah, la, 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 la. okay. everyone was like, what's wrong? And she's like, I thought I was talking to you. Okay, she was. Uh, she thought I was upset and swore she saw me sitting at the edge of my bed crying and rocking back and forth. Jesus fucking Christ. The only difference was this girl was wearing a nightgown while I was in a t-shirt and shorts. My sister's friend still goes to therapy about this and says that this was a major spiritual event in her life. Holy shit, dude. That, oh, the poor, your poor, oh, that poor girl. That is scary. That's scary. I know spirits don't want to scare us, but Jesus Christ, pop culture, you ruined it. Okay? My sister also had a strange and similar uh, incident shortly after. It happened on a weekday while staying home from school. Apparently, she was in the kitchen when she heard what she thought was me laughing in my room down the hall. She said she remembers jokingly and absentmindedly yelling, shut up, Ashley, only to remember that I was at school and not home at all. Oh, God damn. If the call ain't coming from inside the house. Okay. On another occasion, my aunt had come to visit and slept in my room for a night while I crashed at a friend's. The next morning, I came back and overheard her asking my mom if everything was okay with me. Oh, fuck. My aunt claimed that I woke her up during the night. Oh, my God. I'm so freaked out. Woke her up during the night and had gently put my hands around her face. Ah, I was talking very fast. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. I'm very scared. Oh, please protect me. She said she wasn't sure if it was a dream, uh, but I seemed very distressed. My mom found this extremely interesting and proceeded to tell my aunt about the slumber party incident. I joined in on the conversation, and my mom finally told me her suspicions about this girl. During this time, my mother was a Texas state trooper and often worked late nights on a highway patrol. Oh, fuck. I think I know where this is going. She told us that she thinks the girl started appearing after she had worked a very bad car accident in which the entire family died, including a young female that was the same age as me. It sounds odd, but my mom thought that because the accident happened extremely fast, the girl was somehow lost and followed my mom home to look for her parents. Yeah, I mean, that could be true. Uh, My mom then admitted to having many, many dreams about this little girl she's never officially met and said she looked a little bit like me. Okay, we're putting stuff together. Okay, okay, hope that little girl stays there and not comes to me, okay? I don't know if spirits can do that, but just in case they can, 
get my fucking rocks and I'm going to hug them and don't show up, please. Although these encounters happened in or around my room, I myself hadn't experienced anything out of the ordinary and didn't think much of these doppelganger ghost girl stories at the time. I even found them amusing and shared them openly. As you do. Then one day after school, when I was about 13, oh fuck, I did not read this email in advance, so I'm farting my freak out, guys. I was about 13, and me and my sister had something unexplainable happen. Having forgot to leave us the key, my mom had unintentionally locked us out of the house and wasn't getting home until that evening. So naturally, me and my sister began devising ways to break in and began digging around the back patio. Ah, Fucking Christ. I remember having to go pee really bad and didn't want to pop a squat in the backyard. I remember walking up to the patio door and looking in. Oh, fucking Christ. Thinking to myself, if there really is a girl in this house, please, please, please let us in. I mean, that's, yeah, that makes sense. After some time, my sister and I were going through a toolbox to look for something to possibly take the door off of its hinges because Texas summer heat and mosquitoes will make people do nutty things. With our backs turned away from the back door, we heard a little swish and click and found, shut the fuck up, found that the door had somehow popped open. Even weirder, yo, this girl's very sweet. Even weirder, the top deadbolt was still locked and still sticking completely out of its socket. <sighs> That's wild. Still having to pee with the force of a thousand racehorses. Shout out to that girl who listens to this while riding a horse. I hope it's not at night, girl, and you listen to this. I raced inside, thanking the ghost girl in my head. My mom eventually had the house blessed by a priest, and there hasn't been any other incidents since, at least not to my knowledge. Oh, shit, you still in that house? During the years my childhood house was haunted life, life was extremely stressful, so I was never really susceptible to believing in the possibility of paranormal existences. My parents' marriage was ending through constant fighting, while other political drama related to my mom's job made my household very chaotic and stressful. Since not many women worked in law enforcement back then, our family was often harassed by asshole townspeople. Oh, fuck, that sucks. Plus, we were Hispanics living in a lower middle class redneckville. Oh, girl, I am so sorry. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. Shut the fuck up, white people. Stop talking. That's for your neighbors. I, I think life for me was just so overwhelming. I had no emotional or mental capacity to be open to the girl's presence and simply blocked her out from any interaction. Yeah, that makes sense. Or perhaps I just inherently felt unthreatened by this girl and just simply didn't care about her presence. Yeah, it could be that because, you know, kids have imaginary friends. But now that I'm reading all this shit and hearing your stories and reading books, I'm like, nah, that could have been a spirit. <laughs> Either, uh, you know, someone you knew or someone you didn't. Later on in life, I definitely think I became more in tune with the otherworldly side of existence. I often have vivid dreams of things happening before they occur. Oh, fuck yeah, girl, you psychic as hell. Or sometimes a conversation or scenario just pops into my head, which ends up happening later. For example, right before the pandemic and starting my career in healthcare. Oh, girl, good, you're bless you. God bless you. I dreamt about rain. It uh, dreamt about raining blood falling from the sky and wanting to help people find shelter. Uh, I think now that I'm older and more emotionally resilient, my intuitive side is opening up back up to these types of things. My last encounter, uh, 
Interesting. My last encounter was back in February at the ER I work at. My boss told me to restock one of the closed sections, so I was all alone when this happened. While putting up towels, I heard a soft beeping sound from the heart monitor. Oh, fuck. The monitor was in an empty room, and the screen showed an active waveform as if someone was attached to it. Yo! The monitor wasn't plugged into the wall, and the leads weren't connected either. I turned the monitor off and just... Oh, maybe it was a little girl. I turned the monitor off and just stood in the dark, there in the dark. I had a very subtle gut feeling that someone was with me. Not frightening or threatening, just there. Then I realized this feeling was super familiar and remembered the girl. I brushed it off and went to another room to restock. Then the speaker to the remote started to click as if someone was trying to call in from the nurse's station. This time I got uh, super spooked and got the fuck out of there. The ER I work at is extremely old and probably haunted as fuck. Hell yeah, it's an ER. But we're often so busy that no one really cares about the occasional light flicker or door opening. Wow. I definitely agree with you that everyone is naturally capable of dipping into the spiritual side of existence. Maybe our ability to find the on-off switch for the paranormal just depends on where we're at in life. Anyways, I hope you like this email. Please keep shouting obscenities for me to bombard my neighbors with. Well, I mean, fucking fuck, y'all. Shut the fuck up, white people! Shut the fuck up, whiteies. Shut up. <laughs> I hope your neighbor hears this. I, you know what? My neighbor certainly fucking probably hears this. It's 2 a.m. Wow! All right, guys, I got to go pick up the shit that Kevin dropped on the floor. Big old long log of poop on the floor underneath my piano. Guys, I love you so much. Uh, we're all going to get through this. It's not easy, but hey, if you don't laugh, you'll fucking cry, motherfuckers. So fucking goddamn motherfucking laugh and just release it and let it out and believe in magic and keep your eyes and ears peeled. Which one you do peeled, your ears or your eyes? Whatever the fuck. Just pay attention. Pay attention. You never know what you're, what's going to happen. And if you experience something magical, well, God damn it, the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com. All right. I love you all. Sign up for my Patreon if you want, please. And I'll talk to you next go, Wednesday. Go, go. I messed up my entire go, life go, because I got high. I lost my kids in white because I got high. Now I'm sleeping on the sidewalk and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high, because I got high. La 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 da da da. I'ma stop singing this song because I'm high. I'm singing this whole thing wrong because I'm high. And if I don't sell one copy, I don't know why. Why, Yeah, cause I'm high, cause I'm high, cause I'm high. Are you really high, man? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, oh.